ourselves of why we pray. Because the key thing about prayer is that who we are defines or should define what we do, not vice versa. Doing things doesn't make us who we are, but who we are dictates what we end up doing. If someone spouts out with their mouth about their values, but their life looks very different, you know who they really are. Does that make sense? And so for us as God's people, who we are should define what we do. If we just try and become a church of prayer meetings, keep making more prayer meetings and so on and so forth, that doesn't help the understanding of who we are. That's just about what we do. But if we, as Mike Betts talks about, the aim shouldn't be to become a church of prayer meetings, but a church who prays. That's actually two very different things, isn't it? Church meetings are great. Church prayer meetings are brilliant. There's a place for them. But actually what's more important is that we are people who is naturally on the forefront of our mind that when we're together, we pray. When we're in twos, when we're in threes, when we're in small groups, when we're in bigger public gatherings and so on. It's about being a church who prays. Um, Even just the practicalities, if we just try and arrange a meeting, not everybody can make it. But everybody can see others during the week at different points according to where our busy lives are at. And when we do, we pray. That's why we were encouraging last week. When you're having coffee with someone, when you're phoning them, pray. It's just getting in the habit of that. Corporate prayer is more than just during appointments as well, isn't it? But so, why do we pray? We pray because it's who we are. And who are we? We are God's people. We are God's children. And that changes everything. The more we understand that and the more we live that out. If I'm driving down the motorway and someone speeds past me at 90 miles an hour, a little bit like, like what I did to Annette the other day. It wasn't quite that fast. Someone nips past me at 90 miles an hour, I'm not going to chase them down, make them pull over and give them a ticket because I know I'm not a traffic cop. If I was, I would. See, it's about our identity and suddenly that changes your response in each moment. So in the same way, if I'm not in a position to help someone or to intervene in a situation, my behaviour demonstrates that. But if I am in that position as as a close family member or as a paramedic, whatever the situation, suddenly it changes how you're able to respond. It's the same for us as God's people. The Bible says we are his children and therefore that must inform what we do. Jesus says in John John chapter 17, in his high priestly prayer, he's talking about, he says, he's talking to the Father and he says, they are not of this world, but I'm sending them into it. We don't belong here, this is key, we don't belong here, but we are being sent into the world with a job to do. We are members of God's family, we we are part of his family business, buying into, getting involved in, rolling our sleeves up when it comes to the family business. We are not of this world. We don't belong here. Remember that. We don't belong here, but we are here and we've got a job to do. It's very different to in the world, but not of the world. That's separatist. We're in the world, but not of the world. Don't touch. Actually, Jesus says the opposite. He says, you're not of this world, but I'm sending you into it. We've got a job to do. That includes the practicalities, but it also includes the heart behind it. The hearts, uh, compassion, about prayer, uh, about um, having empathy for people and turning that into conversation with our God who does want to intervene. He loves us to be involved in those conversations. Prayer does change things. So therefore, why wouldn't we pray for our neighbours? 
Why wouldn't we pray for our families? Why wouldn't we pray for the people we meet in the street? And so on. It's about our hearts, but it's also about our hands. Quite often when we pray for situations, we discover we are the answer he had in place all along, don't we? We need to be all right with that. Sometimes like, oh yeah, but not me. Sometimes we need to be okay with that. But it's about our hearts and our hands. Hearts about prayer and hands about seeking people's welfare, rolling our sleeves up and helping um, others who need it and so on and so forth. So in, when we come to Jeremiah 29, we see the same situation for God's people here, which applies to us just as much today. They, in the same way, didn't belong where they were. In this context, in Jeremiah 29, these are God's people a thousand miles away in a foreign land, being taken into exile in Babylon. They don't belong, belong there. God's, God doesn't say to them, why are you there, resent it, have nothing to do with them. He doesn't actually say that. He says, from verse, uh, from verse 4, Jeremiah 29, verse 4, he says to the people who don't belong where they are, but they're his people, he says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, he says, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear uh, sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. He wants them. You don't belong there. Don't fester in the corner and resent it. Flourish. You don't belong there, but flourish. That's his heart for his people, wherever they are, wherever we are. And then he says this, verse 7. <clears throat> but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. God's heart for us is to flourish, and part of us flourishing is seeking the welfare of the people around us. And somehow in the spiritual dynamic and the heavenlies, that unlocks further flourishing for us as his people, which means we're in a better position to serve those around us again. It keeps feeding itself. So that's what we're going to do today. We don't belong here in terms of we have a heavenly home instead. But it's not about sitting in the corner waiting till we get there. It's about doing a job while we are here. And that is praying for the people we, uh, around us and seeking their welfare as well. So some of our prayers this morning might suddenly make us realize we actually have a, f a physical, practical part to play as well. Let's see what God does with that. But we're going to pray through various things. Um, Rog Roger has given me some ideas yesterday about things to pray for. I've got a little list. Um, we're just going to open the floor now with little pointers one at a time about things to pray for. Please just feel free just to pray out loud as you're led. We're going to give you a few little feeders, little bullet points and things like that. And we're just going to see what Holy Spirit does here. I, quite like <coughs> I was really looking forward to Sir Roger coming to join us today. But I'm not disappointed because God's bigger than that. He knows exactly what we need. And I quite like having some open space. And let's just find out what God does in a moment. Okay? So we're just going to, um, myself and, and Mick and others might get involved in a moment. It'd be like a mini enough over the next half an hour or so. Let's just seek God's face and let's see what he does. Amen? So, what shall we pray for first? Um, let's pray for our street pastors, shall we? That's quite a very obvious hands-on involvement in the town. If you're not aware, street pastors has been going for how many years now, Paul? Six, six or seven years now, a um, number of you have been or are still involved in that, going out on Friday night, 7pm till midnight, 
um, just to walk the streets. There's pe- people back at the Friendship Centre praying for them and so on, uh, praying while they're out, meeting with people. It used to be more about the young people meeting on the streets. They don't tend to be out in the streets quite so much these days. There's been a shift in that culture there with antisocial behaviour. It's kind of not necessarily gone, but it's moved um, somewhere. But um, sometimes people are are um, intoxicated and unable to help themselves about keeping them safe and so on. Um, various opportunities and it changes each time. Seems to have gone a bit quieter in terms of need out on the streets, um, from what I gather. That doesn't mean the street passes aren't required. That might be because the street passes are out. There is a spiritual shift when they're out that, that bouncers on nightclubs have said, we noticed you were missing last week, not because we didn't see you, because it was a bit crazy. That something shifts in the spiritual realm as well. So we're going to keep pressing on for street passes to be available on Friday nights. What we do need prayer for, pray for them. Um, but there's also time for a change in the leadership of uh, Home Bay Street Pastors as well. Paul's been brilliant just leading, leading the team for a long time. He feels that time's coming to an end. We'd like someone with the right shape to step into Paul's shoes. Um, and also the, the chair of the trustees as well has felt it's, it's time to move on as well. It'd be, be great to find the right chair of the trustees, the right person with the right shape to take them into the next chapter. So just for a few minutes... We'll keep an eye on timings and stuff like that. As you feel led, we can, uh, Mick and I can come around with a couple of microphones. Let's just pray for the street pastors and particularly for the right people to um, step into kind of new fresh shoes around the table and lead them into the next season of what God wants them to do. Okay? Lift your voices. Take it in turns. Just because of time, we're going to keep it snappy. Keep praying for them. Keep listening out to God if he wants you to be involved as well, maybe. The next, uh, <coughs> next thing we want to pray for is actually um, the younger kids in town, particularly with their involvement in schools. We've been talking to one or two teachers here, just um, their impressions of what actually the needs are when it comes to, <coughs> particularly when it comes to primary school age, you can see an, an immediate, as well as secondary, you can see an immediate um, clues to what's going on at home sometimes. And um, Jane's been really helpful here, just pointing out, she says, uh, the situations of some families is distressing. There's anger within relationships, financial concerns, unemployment leading to lack of motivation, housing issues, and cleanliness of pupils themselves arriving at school without breakfast to be worked through before education starts. There's a huge amount of stuff that teachers are on the front line of seeing exactly what's going on behind closed doors, and a lot of it can be heartbreaking, a lot of it is very real, and a lot of it is on our doorstep. Um, so I mean, there's going to be a lot of overlap in areas of things we're praying for, they're going to overlap each other. <coughs> but, um, I mean, the, the older kids, there is still drinking in the park and, and things like that as well. But even just the younger kids, what they're contending with, and they have no means of escaping it, that the, the teens have an opportunity to go out with their mates and go drinking. They've got this kind of, it's unhealthy, but it's a coping mechanism. Young kids don't have that. Where do they direct that? You know, it's, 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 it can break your heart the more you think about it. Let's pray for them. These are the vulnerable and um, <clears throat> while we might seem a nice, okay town on the surface, we are no different to anywhere else in the UK. There, are, there is poverty and there is need and there is distress related to, to that um, amongst our young families as well. So as you feel led, depending on what you're aware of, if you don't know all the details of the info, if this is a bit new to you, then just pray for God's compassion and heart and, and intervention in there behind the scenes. But as you feel led, go, get praying. We've got a good 
fair number of teachers in our <coughs> congregation, and um, as Steve mentioned, Jane, if there's a teacher near you, could you lay hands on them? And um, if you feel that's appropriate, um, but I just feel that um, they're in such an important role, but there are many difficulties, and they really want to teach, and sometimes they're prevented, and sometimes they're not able to really do that because they're dealing with other issues. So if there's a teacher near you, um, you feel it's appropriate, and they're willing, just, um, just pray for them. It is a very difficult, um, I've got children in education as well and they speak of m the many problems that there are. They themselves come home distressed sometimes and so just pray for them. Okay, I'll keep it brief. Um, so the children's centres around here, we've got Poppy and Briary. Um, they play a really vital role in supporting families, particularly ones that are living in deprivation. Uh, they're the ones that can pick up on issues early on and help make referrals to support the families before the children have even started nursery or school. So it's a really vital role that they play. Um, they also play an important role in child protection cases and they liaise with various different agencies. Uh, so recently, in the last few years, there's been loads of cuts to the children's centres. I think Kent's actually one of the rare counties that still has quite a lot of children's centres. A lot of them in different counties have totally gone. Uh, and that's really difficult if you're a mum and you don't know many people because you get out to groups and that's where you can meet friends as well and, and just somewhere to take your child where they get entertained and you don't have to just stay in at home. Um, and they're free, mostly. Uh, so, yeah, so prayer for the Kent County Council to continue to value the work that the children's centres do. Sometimes I think it's a bit undervalued. Um, prayer for relationships between the children's centre workers and families because it's really key that they build positive relationships. That's the only way they often get some of these families through the door and to see them. Um, particularly the targeted, they, they have to work now more on targeted deprived families. So they offer a universal service to everyone, but actually they're really trying to be specific in the families they want to see and help. Um, and also prayer for no stigma for those families, for any families attending groups and courses at the children's centre, because I think that holds some people back from going and asking for help. Um, and yeah, they run lots of different courses as well. They run lots of parenting courses. And um, yeah, so prayer for, prayer for Kent to County Council to value the work, prayer for the relationships built, um, and for no stigma to prevent those families from coming. Let's pray. A note, obviously, John runs our CAP um, Debt Advice Centre, been going for a number of years now. We've made contact with a number of people, some of whom have been kind of floating around, orbiting the, the periphery of Beacon's family and joining us on Sunday sometimes. Um, we're going to keep praying for the, the good work of the Debt Centre itself and for John and for the, the, uh, the various clients that we've met or haven't met. Um, but there's other stuff bubbling, other thoughts bubbling about needs in town that will overlap again with what we've just been talking about. John, you could just all right to share just briefly about that and how we can pray for that. Thank you. Yeah, just on the, um, the just briefly on the debt debt centre. Some of you know that um, there was a pause in operation so that uh, head office can strengthen their systems, uh, employ more staff, and so on. Well, um, we're starting to have um, new clients now, so we're back in business as far as the debt centre is concerned. Um, CAP run other courses, um, like other services, and one of them is called Life Skills. And uh, it's um, a way of helping people with the base basics of life, how to budget, how to prepare food, simply, and so on. But uh, one of the advantages is it's a regular weekly meeting, and there's a meal provided, 
And so a little fellowship group develops. And, and just going by the one that's happened in Canterbury, um, those people are beginning to attend church activities and things. They see themselves as a community and they go on block to things. They went on block to a ba baptism and so on. So um, we would like to run a life skills course. We have the premises, but we need the right person uh, to head this up. I'm sure there will be people that will volunteer to help, but we need the right person to head it up. So that's the main prayer point, I think. Thank you. Let's get praying, see what God does. One more thing to pray. I've been refreshing my email account every five minutes. Let me just check one more time. Praise the Lord. There it is. I just had a funny feeling I should leave this till last because the email hadn't arrived and the email would arrive in time. And literally, that moment of refreshing, there is the email from Roger. Here we go. That's why it didn't come through. He put an extra dot in my email address. He, he did send the email yesterday, but he never reached me. Okay. When I was speaking to Roger yesterday about what the main thing of what he was going to be um, pressing on was, he said there is, he said you could list forever the needs of Home Bay, actually. Not in a negative way, just being realistic. Um, but he said, actually, the most pressing need for the town in terms of how it will um, benefit the future of the town, all these things are always, you know, Jesus, Jesus says, the poor you'll always have with you. You, you know, they're, they're, all these things will always be um, ge general issues that we'll be praying for and seeking to help with. But he said, currently, the burning issue for Herne Bay right now is infrastructure in a booming town. The rest of the stuff just cannot physically keep up. So it's a long email. Hang on, bear with me. Let me see what I can pray see. Um, I believe at present that the most single most important matter facing the town, the surrounding areas, what I and some colleagues regard as the overdevelopment of farmland open space for housing without adequate provision for supporting road, health, education, social supporting infrastructure, and without real consideration for the needs of the Bay and its people. Brilliant. Um, he's talking about the development of the golf course. Um, it proved to be an asset to the town. It's sad there'd be no satellite grammar school that was proposed, um, but that was rejected. And then you've got the Strode Farm site, the proposed Hearn, Bay um, Hearn Bypass um, will prove woefully inadequate in terms of what it actually offers. Um, I'm just quickly trying to read through. Uh, we need a fresh bridge over the railway line um, round towards kind of the belt into Recolver, Hillborough, all that kind of neck of the woods. Um, that will help things as well. It appears to me that there has been little or no agreement between developers themselves, local people, the medical professions, and some of the schools as well. Um, so, uh, da, 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 da. Herm Bay, and this is his final paragraph then. We'll land with this for us to, to stir our prayers before we come to worship in song. He says, Herm Bay and the surrounding villages are wonderful places in which to live. Amen. <laughs> of course. Uh, to, to raise families and to retire. But if they are to remain so, then an integrated approach to development has to be taken in order to provide for social housing needs, sports facilities and entertainment, education and healthcare, and public and private transport. It saddens me and my council colleagues who share these views to see a piecemeal approach being taken to development without the necessary joined-up thinking that is really required. We talk a lot about church unity, which is vital and should always be primary. There's actually social unity is just as much required for life to flourish, isn't there? So just for the last few minutes, take it in turns as and how you might feel led. Thank you, Roger, for that.
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for making me leave that to a last. Let's pray for that, and then uh, Pete and um, John will lead us to celebrate in song. Okay, just for a few minutes, as you feel led, unity in the, in the social section for the benefit of the town. Go for it.